Hello, and welcome to the Scottish Clans podcast. I'm Clint Edwards. Thank you for joining me today. Today, our subject is going to be taken from conversations on the the uh, Facebook group, the Scottish Clan. So if you haven't been there, go ahead and check it out. We just crossed the 1,000 member mark, so that's pretty, I don't know what that means at all, and it's not monetized, so I don't know if it matters at all how many members we have, but it's just kind of cool that we crossed the 1,000 member mark. So thank you for all those of you who've joined us, and especially thank you to those who have taken part in the conversation on there. That's why we went to a Facebook group, is to facilitate a conversation um, using the podcast as a platform to uh, to generate discussion, really. So I come up with things regarding the Scottish clans to talk about, and we take it from there. Um, I don't have, claim to have a... Uh, a monopoly on this. I just have been really interested in this topic and I've studied a lot and other people have a lot to say about it too. So I get the chance to make a podcast episode on whatever topic and and then we throw it out there and you get the chance to listen to it and come up with questions or comments or other things to add to the conversation. And so far it's going pretty well on the Facebook group. So thank you for those of you of wherever you are on the knowledge spectrum of the Scottish clan. Some of you just barely found out that you have a last name that's Scottish and you're just trying to dig into it a little bit more. Others of you have been studying this on an academic level, on a scholarly level for a long time. And then there's people all over in between there. So I'm I'm glad to have all of you on the Facebook group of Scottish clans and grateful for your participation. And from that participation, we have generated today's topics and a little bit of my own thoughts that um, I'm going to tag on the end at the, after I'm done discussing your thoughts. Now, this is fun because we get to talk about stuff that you're interested in. And judging by the amount of people that have participated in this topic, it is something that you're interested in. Okay, so we're going to talk about two questions. One, what clan do I belong to? What clan am I? Number two, do clans even exist at all today? And there's been a little bit of debate on there, and I'm just going to weigh in with my opinion for whatever it's worth to you guys. And then I'm going to add a little bit something else on the end that will hopefully be helpful. All right. So and I'm going to make sure I got my notes in here so I don't forget anything. So one of the most common questions on the Facebook group that we get is, hey, I've been looking at my family tree, and I have, and I'm just going to throw some examples of names out there. I have Stuart, Sinclair, and MacArthur. But I, I'm not a member of all three clans, am I? So what, what clan am I? Or what clan do I have to identify with? Okay, that's, that's sometimes it's not the exact same words every time, but it's usually along those lines. All right, so first of all, why does it matter? It, it might matter if you're picking out a kilt and you got to know what tartan to go with. Because now, and keep in mind that this is a relatively recent development in Scottish history, that you could look at somebody's kilt and look at the way, like which colors they use and how the colors are organized, and that will tell you what clan they're from. It's pretty recent. But that's the way it is now. You got, you're going to buy a kilt because they're cool. I'm going through this process right now, and 
you're going to show the whole world that you're affiliated with a certain kindred from of Scottish origin. So which one are you going to pick? So that's one reason why it might matter. Another one is you're on Facebook and there's a bunch of different clan organizations on there, pages, groups, societies, and and you want to know which ones you join up with. Or maybe it's just you're in conversation and somebody says, hey, what clan are you from? And you don't know which one to tell them. And do you give them the whole story of your whole ancestry or do you just tell them one of them? Because that's the one you're, you identify with because that's how you do it. So there's, there's good reasons to ask the question. So I'm never going to say that that's a dumb question. But my first answer is going to be probably you're not a member of any of them. Now, before you get all up in arms about it, this it's not to say that you're you have any less DNA from those groups, and, and that's always something that can be in, with our modern technology determined, which is really interesting. But let's just assume that your family records are correct. It, it doesn't detract the fact that you're not. See, here's the deal. There is such a thing today under Scottish law that is a legally recognized entity that's a Scottish clan. Or there's also Scottish clan societies like the clan Sutherland of North America, and there's this and that. Some clans today, these, these legally recognized organizations actually have a chief, have official positions within the clan, like clan historian and clan treasurer, and I don't, I don't know all of them. I'm actually not a member of any of them. And they actually have a registry of who is actually, no kidding, a member of the clan. And unless you've gone through that process, you're not actually a member of any of them. So what if we just rephrase the question a little bit, or maybe we rephrase our response to the question. If somebody were to ask us, what clan are you? And our, instead of saying, I am of Clan MacArthur or Sinclair or Stuart, maybe we say, I have, and you just pick out, a, you know, you don't have to give them your whole genealogy off the top of your head. You just say, hey, I'm, and just throw these two, three names out. I have these names in my family tree. There's one way to answer it. Another way to answer it would be, I have... Sorry if I'm blinking a lot. My eyes feel really dry right now. Um, maybe I should go to bed. It's not that late, though. So what if um, what if you also another another way to answer that question could be not not just I have these names in my family tree, but I'm descended from and then you just gave them, you know, Stuart Sinclair and MacArthur. Right. The, the, as you as you trace back, especially for those of you who are um, living in the United States or maybe Australia or Canada, one of these places where a lot of Scots have settled, New Zealand, there's other places I'm leaving out, I'm sure. But you, you once you tie back into Scotland and then your, your family tree goes from there, especially if the records are well preserved. I mean, now you can have your pick of dozens of Scottish names the farther back you go. And you don't need to do that, you know, give everybody everything. You just say, hey, I've got these names in my family tree. Or, hey, I'm descended from, and just name the, the most recent ones. Name the one that came over or the one, two or three that came over from Scotland to America. So in my case, I could say I have McFarland and Lusk ancestry. 
If I want to go back into the Scots-Irish frontiersmen in my family tree, I could add Brody in there. And I think there's a Stuart. There's a there's a Boyd. Anyway, but you get that's probably as much as anybody ever wants to hear about your Scottish ancestry. Not the whole list for 20 generations back. Anyway, that's just one way to answer that question. But unless you've actually joined one of those societies, joined an actual official Scottish clan, you're you're not a member. So I don't know. We get into semantics on that, but it's it's a big topic of conversation. Now, in one of those threads of that stemmed off of a conversation that was right along these lines. Once again, eyes are dry on this one, but I'm not going to go back and redo this. I've got to do it now or never. I already tried to do a, a podcast episode last weekend. That's why it's been so long since I've had an episode out. And I had technical difficulties I've never had before. So I just kind of chalked it up to maybe I wasn't supposed to do this. <laughs> maybe superstitious of me, but um, but you don't know. I just, I've never had those problems before. And I had to, I actually re-recorded a whole episode. A little bit of a tangent here. Bear with me. I'm almost done. After re-recording the whole episode, that one didn't work either. And so I said, bag it. We'll do this later. It's too late. I've wasted too much time with this to have nothing to show for it. Anyway, so that's so let's get into this debate that I saw. So we had one of these questions that was right along the lines of what I mentioned. And there's a debate over whether Scottish clans even exist at all. And one person said they're, the clans are alive and well, and the other person – now, this other person who who challenged the idea, he, he wasn't a jerk about it, okay? The, the whole conversation was very civil, especially as disagreements on social media go. Very civil. Nobody started um, – nobody started getting mean about it, but – uh, the one person did challenge the idea that they're alive and well today, and the person that challenged that standpoint, I know this person's been involved in the podcast in the community for almost since the beginning. It's very this person is remember I was talking about that spectrum that some people are on. He's on the very academic side, like he's he's read about this a lot, has his own blog on it, very well researched. Anyway, he. I was, I think, I'm just going to, he didn't say this much, but he was coming from an historical background, right? And the other person was coming from a more modern background. So I'm actually going to take both sides today. Does it, do clans exist at all today? And now I'm going to start with the challenge to that idea that, I mean, not really. Okay, so let's look in history at what it meant to be a part of one of these clans. Your whole society was structured along this kindred, these kindred lines from a very local level up to a much more broad general level where we have clans like that we've discussed before. We have the Mackenzies who were a huge clan and had different branches, the Gordons, the Campbells, McDonald's, and the branches of these clans became clans in their own right and had to one degree or another some autonomy. And sometimes they played along with the group and sometimes they didn't. But anyway, so we have – but all of Scottish society at one point in time was organized along kindred lines. This is what John Bannerman refers to as the kin-based society. And this included and, – and Jenny Warmald also includes that this was not unique to the highlands of Scotland. This is – in fact, it was more easily discernible in the lowlands, ironically, 
because they adopted surnames sooner. And I'm going to get to the concept of surnames here in a, in a little bit. All right. The uh, So we have this debate in there, and the person who is challenging the idea that there are Scottish clans today, they're looking at it from this historical perspective. Now, if you were a member of a clan in the 1500s, let's we're going to argue it from this standpoint, okay? Um, would you ever let I'm going to ask you a few questions all right and if your answer to any of these is yes then you may be then your clans are alive and well today if your answer is no which the vast majority are going to answer no to all of these questions then 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 this one person is is correct that we do not have clans in the same way that they had them, at least Scottish clans, in the same way that they had them back like in the 1500s, for, just for an example, right? They, they didn't stop or they didn't end or begin in the 1500s. It's a good middle point. All right, so here's the questions. Would you ever let the, the clan have a say in who you married? Because if you lived in the 1500s Scotland, the clan had a say because when you married – somebody from another clan, there's there's always property involved in this arrangement, okay? Now, if you're a peasant and you're going to marry a girl from the next valley over and nobody cares, then it's going to be a lot less of an issue. But if you're closely related to the chief and like his son and you marry somebody from some other kindred, which is preferable, right, instead of marrying people really closely related, not that it never happened, then then your kindred actually gets a say that the leading the upper echelon of the clan they're going to have this the, the council they're going to have a say in who you marry might be somebody you like might not be but so that's part of what it meant to to be in a clan and how clans operated other questions i've got for you would you ever if the chief called you up to fight, would you fly across the country or around the world or even drive several hours to go kill other people because he asked you to and you acknowledge him as the head of your kindred and you somehow distantly related to him? Would you do that? Because that was what part of that's what part of what it meant to be in a clan in 1500 Scotland. Um, would you? How many of you would look to your chief to settle legal disputes? That was one of his jobs. How many of you would go to war over who is going to be the next chief should there be a disagreement on who was the, the best pick? Because that happened too. In fact, we did a whole episode on the Battle of Loch Lochy, also known as Blarnalania. That's where they were. It was hot and they were shedding layers to until they were just pretty much fighting in their shirts. So it was battle of the shirts um, between that was a that was a fight over who was going to be the chief of the clan Ronnell kindred. And so people were killing each other over who should be the right the the rightful heir to the kin the leadership of the kindred. All right, so I, I doubt any of you would have answered yes to any of those questions. Okay. And that's where the one person was coming from. He's like, clans, they, show me an example of a clan operating 
and he's coming from an historical perspective. And you can't answer, like, according to that standard, they absolutely don't exist today, not in Scotland anyway. Now, look, I understand there are some other places in the world, um, maybe places where the U.S. has troops right now, whether you agree or disagree with that, there's room for debate on that topic. But in some of those places, yeah, the Klan still, that uh, you could have answered yes to any of those or all of them. But not in Scotland. But generally, that doesn't exist today. And this person who was taking the op, the opposing view that they're, that was challenging the idea that they do exist, I believe he's originally from Scotland. Doesn't live there now, but for what it's worth to you all, I would mention his name. But and I and this guy's great. I've actually kind of uh, grown to, to like this guy over time as he's continued to contribute, consistently contributed to this. Now, let me take the other person's side on this, because the other person says he's. Clans are alive and well, and you can tell there's some feeling and some, some passion behind this, okay? Well, so what do we mean by clan? If by clan we mean like a social organization that um, sends out a newsletter every quarter or whatever and has a tent at the Highland Games and holds events sometimes, maybe a Robert Burns dinner, then sure, Highland clans exist today. So I think the friction in that, in that debate came from what is meant by a clan. Once again, the, the, the debate, it never got stupid. Nobody started calling people names. You could tell there's, um, especially on, on the one side, probably more than the other, there's some, some emotion behind it. But that's okay. It's okay. And we're, we're, uh, we feel very strongly about our heritage and what that heritage means to us. Um, but there, but there is room for debate, and we can have our ideas challenged. And I'm glad that that uh, this this one person, I'm trying to trying to keep the names out of it. But I don't even know if it's worth doing it. But I'm glad that there is somebody who's challenging it. Like, oh yeah, are you sure? Are you sure about that? And when somebody challenges our opinions on this, and I'm just gonna keep my views to specifically Scottish clans here. I mean, but I think it would apply to a lot of other subjects. Um, we, that's a chance for us to look at our viewpoints and break them down and I'll say, okay, how, how am I going to intelligently argue this? For me, both in Scottish clans and in really a lot more um, to a greater degree in other areas of my life has caused me to look at my assumptions of the way things are. And it doesn't mean that they've crumbled every time, but sometimes they've come into sharper focus as I've sought to be able to explain this to somebody in a way that I think would be effective for them. So um, so I guess my point is debate is good, and let's answer challenges to the way we understand things with um, with a well-thought-out and well-researched answer. Now, if I'm if I challenge you, the listener, on one of your understandings of Scottish clans, and you come back to me with, well, it was in Braveheart. Or, well, the Wikipedia page says, now I use the heck out of Wikipedia, all right? And those of you who've been with me for a while, you know that I am no stranger to Wikipedia. But there's ways to use it, and there's ways not to use it. Or if you come to me and say, well, the Colin Scottish clan and family encyclopedia said so. Um, okay. I've, and if you want to understand how I feel about that, you can go back to the episode on sources. And then there's another episode on problem with sources. 
and I don't remember what numbers they are, but the, my titles tend to be descriptive enough that you can just look back to the list. It's earlier on in the podcast episodes. So if you want to see how I feel about all that stuff, go back and check that episode out. Anyway, let's, but let's, let's answer with now, if you come back, I've seen some pretty intelligent discussion going on on the Facebook group. And I've seen, I've seen people come up with stuff like, and, and it's not just been one person. It's been several people. Hey, I was reading the source and there is this list of people who are a member of this guy's company in, there's a muster role for this guy's company in the 1745 Jacobite rising. And it's listing all these different surnames in there, which kind of helps me rethink the way I'm thinking about a clan. You know, I originally, okay, now this is actually going to lead me right into the, uh, the, the last thing I want to talk about, which is the conflict in the way that we understand, maybe especially when we're first starting to think about this subject critically. So a lot of us think about the Scottish clans as, okay, there's a chief. Let's use, let's, uh, what, what clan am I going to use for my example on this one? I've been reading some stuff on the Mackays lately. If you're, if you live in the United States, it's going to be, it's going to be Mackay or Mackey in some cases. Um, one of the presidents of the church that I'm a member of back in the, I think it was the fifties was, uh, his, his surname was Mackay and that's how we pronounce it. But I believe in Scotland, it's, at least among some people, it's Mackay, which is closer to the original pronunciation. Okay, so the Mackays. Let's say um, you have uh, the, the the common, like the the surface level understanding of clans is you have a chief, and let's call him Ushtin Mackay. Okay, Ushtin is a good Highland name. Ushtin Mackay, and his last name's Mackay because he's the chief of the clan Mackay, and the rest of the members of his clan are named Mackay because what else? surname would you have because that's the that's the clan you're a part of and it's uh you know i've got my handy dandy clan map behind me here i don't know if you guys can see this no you can't really but if we just move this around just a little bit you can see my my map just a little piece of it there sorry my camera's not of stellar quality or just someday as i grow into this youtube thing Anyway, so the the map says this is their territory, and so people that live in their territory are going to be Mackay too, and that's the Mackays, and they lived here, and they had a chief named Ushtin Mackay during a certain time period. Man, my eyes look bloodshot. They're dry. Bear with me, y'all. Maybe I just need more sleep. I'll wrap this up. I'm almost done. So... So Ushtin Mackay, and he's the head of a bunch of Mackays. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to adjust our understanding of that a little bit. So, by the way, my eyes weren't that red when I first started out this recording. Yeah, it's definitely past my bedtime. So let's let's uh, let's take some examples of this. So here's let's dive into this a little bit deeper. So we have the the name of the kindred. Now we're going to take us from that very shallow understanding very initiatory understanding of Scottish clans. We're going to dive into it a little bit. And so part of the friction between what really existed as a clan and what we understood is our meshing of the name of the kindred with the surname. 
So keep in mind, the farther back in time you go, the more rare surnames are until a point where they weren't even used. But there is a point where the common everyday person, if he had a surname at all, to distinguish column from another column, he would just use dad's name or some physical description. Like, um, I think that's how the Boyds got their name is it's Gaelic for, for blonde, Buya or something like that. And so you have Boyd and, and it sticks down later generations. But I mean, at a certain point, you don't have a fixed surname that passes down generation to generation amongst the lower ranks of society. Now, those who actually held territory or titles or land and things that they could actually pass on to future generations uh, of that degree. So we see surnames amongst them at an earlier date. Now, wherever we are on that time scale and however many people, as long as surnames exist, there's a discrepancy between the sometimes there's a discrepancy between the name of the kindred or the clan and a person's surname. Sometimes the surname was the same as the kindred name, and sometimes it wasn't. So let's take some examples to illustrate this point. So let's we're going to start with the Campbells, good, powerful, huge clan from the Western Highlands. Um, they they actually this is an interesting one to start off with because the Campbells had actually three different names for their kindred, and I don't know to what degree each one was used, but I knew I know three existed. One was Odunya. And this, they got this from, uh, it, some people think that that's how the Campbells be, became established in the part of the Highlands where they had their roots, is that they married, there was an Odunya, which is interesting because you have the O, right, which is more common in Ireland and not so much in Scotland, but there are examples of it in Scotland. And I have a whole episode, a podcast episode on O versus Mac. Anyway, they marry the Odunya heiress, inherit land, and now they established in the Laha area. And that's – so you have – and I don't know how the the – so the name of the kindred transfers through the female line, but crazier things have happened in Scottish history. And so there you go. You also had a name for them as Clan Jarmid. Now, in some of their folklore and legends, they dis they descend from Jarmid. Um, and this is tied in with the last name of Dunya, but there's this is conflating things here, and you can get deeper into this. But uh, Jarmid was the the one of Finn McCool's warriors, and they. Their legends said they're descended from them. Okay, sure. And um, and then they have Campbell. Now, we can take this one step farther because you have the name of the kindred and you have choices there, right? But then the, the, the head, the main most powerful head of all of the kindred, no matter what branch, if you're from Ardkingless or, um, or Glenorchy or Luden or... Cotter, or uh, there's a, there's a ton of Campbell branches. No matter which one you're a member of, and you have the chief of your branch, but the Earl of Argyle was the head of all of the Campbells, and the Earl of Argyle inherited a name. And I I did three episodes on the Campbells, so if you want to dive into this a lot deeper, go back and find my little my little mini series on the Campbells. But 
um, they had an ancestor, the Earls of Argyle, named Cullen, and he was great. And I don't, he was a big figure in their history. He may have also been a, bi a big man physically. Anyway, he, became to know, he came to be known as Cullen Moore, which means great, more means great in Gallic. So, um, the, his descendants, because he, and I don't think he was, he may have been big, but he, that alone would not have put him in this position within their genealogy, where his descendants, all of his descendants who inherit this specific, just specific, not all of his descendants, just specifically the ones who inherit the leadership of the kindred would style themselves McCullen Moore. All right, so here we have an, a separate name that's not Campbell, it's not Odunia or or Darmid or any connected with any of that stuff. It's uh, it's it's just unique, and they they bear it alone. And, and in this way, the Campbell chiefs, the Earls of Argyle, the the main chiefs, are similar to the Sutherlands. All right. So going farther north into Scotland, north of Inverness, you have the Sutherlands. Now you had the they take their name from the region. Of, that's called Sutherland, and it was an earldom as well. Okay, so you have this kindred who are descended from the early earls of Sutherland, and they eventually, to the degree that any of them start adopting a fixed surname, some of them are starting to style themselves Sutherland. And the Sutherland, once again, is a clan that was big enough to have branches in here, here and there, and they are actually using the surname Sutherland while those who are inheriting the earldom of, of Sutherland are actually still maintaining the style de Moravia. Now, this is where the this de Moravia, Moravia is referring to the province of Murray, at one time its own kingdom, and later a, a province, and later an, an uh, it was from an early date, it was a mormordom, which is what the the old Gallic um, word before they used the term earl which they get from the Germanic languages and from English specifically and similar to Norse Jarl. But they, uh, before that, they, it was called the, the position was called a Mormer and Murray was, was one of those early Mormordoms. And so you have this, this Mormordom or this earldom that's inherited by this guy named Freskin de Moravia. He was a Flemish knight who did great service for the Scottish King gets the, gets the um, the earldom, and so his descendants the, the, that come from the earldom of Sutherland, they form this kindred. They're using the, the Sutherland as the name of their kindred. Some of them are using it as a surname, but the one who's inheriting the earldom is still styling himself de Moravia. Do you see how that we see this? It's more complex than, well, he's the Earl of Sutherland, so of course his last name's Sutherland, and his clan's name's Sutherland. Okay, Sutherland was the name of a kindred, but the Earl of Sutherland, as far as using a last name, was styling himself de Moravia. Okay, up to a certain point, then the, uh, the, the male line of the Earls of Sutherland runs out and you have only an heiress who marries Adam Gordon, the younger son of George Gordon, the Earl of Huntley. Okay, so now you have the Gordons inheriting the earldom of Sutherland, 
and I actually did, I went into a lot more detail on this. If you look back, I did a little mini series of earldoms versus clan, where you have an earldom and a clan with the same name. And I used, I took three examples and they, they're different in every case. But Sutherland was one of them because you have an earldom called Sutherland. You have a clan called Sutherland. But then you have a guy from a completely different kindred inheriting the earldom. And does he form the leadership of the kindred? What name does he use? So when Adam Gordon inherits the earldom of Sutherland, he doesn't, it does not appear, and as far as everything that I've read, that he continues to use the de Moravia style. He doesn't. He continues to use Gordon, his, his original surname. Um, so you can see you got a person with the last name of Gordon, who is the Earl of Sutherland, who is, and, and in this case, in this case, he actually does form or does um, does fill the, the leadership of the Sutherland clan or kindred. Okay, isn't that interesting? So you have a lot of stuff going on there, but just to show you that it's just not like, hey, it's Ushtun Mackay. Of course, he's the chief of the clan Mackay. He's got a territory that's the Mackay territory, and people there are called Mackay. <laughs> so there's a lot more going on. Now, this might be an extreme case where there's a lot more going on, but you, I hope you get the idea that there's just more moving pieces. Um, it's it's not always this complex. I'm, I'm using these examples to show you the, well, just really the range of how it could play out. I've got more examples for you, more examples of a difference between last name and the kindred that you're a part of or who you answer to even and i also have um, where you have the the commonly used by us name of the clan but then there are other alternatives to that and let me give you a few more examples we did a whole episode on the massacre of the mcdonald's of glencoe well to most of us are called mcdonald's and they live in glencoe but actually they're chiefs Kind of like the Campbells were styled, the, chief, the Earls of Argyle were styled McCollin Moore. The chiefs of the McDonald's of Glencoe went by McKeon. In fact, there's another branch of the McDonald's who settled in Ardnamurchan, and they changed actually the whole name instead of going by McDonald, which they are McDonald's. But they to take their name from a, a person who's farther downstream closer, um, not so far upstream, the family tree, um, who's closer to them, whose name was John or Yoin, and they become known as McKeon or McKeon in our common way of pronouncing it in English today. Okay, so their whole, they are McDonald's, but they started using McKeon. Um, yeah, so there's, and there's actually one more example from the McDonald's, and this is kind of a different thing going on. It's not exactly the same as the chief, that's just the chiefs of the McDonald's of Glencoe calling themselves McKeon, while they are the leader of a greater kindred, the, the McDonald's of Glencoe. It's a little bit different than that. You have the, uh, the McDonald's of Slate, which they were an Isle of Skye kindred. In fact, it was them fighting with the McLeods of Harrison Dunvegan for the dominance in the Isle of Skye. They're the two, the two biggest and most powerful clans there on that isle. And so the McDonald's of Slate, there's two other um, way, things that they were called sometimes. One's not a huge change. It's just Clan Donald North, right? Clan Donald South would have been those from Isla. 
And that island was the original seat of the lords of the isles. But anyway, you had the split, especially after the, the lordship of the isles was removed from the, that lordship was removed from McDonald's by, I think it was James the fourth after he discovered they were plotting with the Earl of Douglas and I think King Henry the eighth to just conquer Scotland and split it up between themselves. So that was it for the lordship. Um, they, it was removed in 1470 something and it was finally done in 1493 with subsequent attempts to get it back that stretched up into I think 1545. But anyway, there's this break and so you have Clan Donald South, Clan Donald North. Clan Donald North is the McDonald's of Slate. But a, a much a more distinct way of referring to the McDonald's of Slate would have been Clan Ushton. And I had I thought this out a little bit better, I wouldn't have used Ushton Mackay as the previous example. But, and it's kind of a similar phenomenon as the McKeans of Arden American, where they're, they're McDonald's, but they're taking their name for somebody a little bit um, farther down in the family tree, closer to the, to the current day. Um, so, and I, I, had, I don't know a lot about Ushton, who the McDonald's of Slate are taking that name from and why they're calling themselves Clan Ushton. But that was another name for the kindred, okay, for the kindred, a name for the kindred. So remember, there's this, this difference between the name of the kindred and people's specific names, even their surnames. Other examples, the Frasers of uh, the phrase. Now, I was corrected on this pronunciation. That's not Fraser as we pretend to pronounce it in the United States. It's Fraser, 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 I think. If I'm if I'm screwing this up again, let me know in the comments, okay? All right. So Fraser of Lovett. Now, once upon a time, the Frasers were located down in southern Scotland, and even clear back at that date, Simon Fraser was a common and favorite name amongst this kindred. And then once then somewhere in this history. One of them gets given land way up in the highlands, not very far from Inverness. There's still a kindred that continued in the south of Scotland, but the more famous one were the Frasers of Lovett. And they continued to favor the name of Simon. In fact, their chiefs, like the McKeon chiefs of the McDonald's of Glencoe, like the McCollin Moore chief of the, the Campbells, their chiefs were styled McKamey which in, in Gallic is son of Simon. The clan Mackays, the, the clan Mackay of Strathnaver. Now keep in mind, Mackay was all over the place, okay? There is, because I, A-O-D-H, or A-O-I-D-H. Anyway, I was is a, is a Gallic name. Sometimes it's brought into English as Hugh, but... So, so Ushton is sometimes brought in as Hugh as well, or sometimes it's brought in as Hutchin and anyway, but it's I. So that's where you get the name Mackay. It's not, and the way we spell it can be deceiving because it can look like Mac Kai, the son of Kai. And if you're familiar with Arthurian legend, there was a Kai and maybe, like, oh, maybe it's that. Nope. It's the son of I. Now, I was a common given name amongst Gallic speakers. And so you'll see the name Mackay pop up as a kindred name. In other parts of Scotland, specifically, I think there was a group of them in Kintyre and another one in Galloway. 
and that and some of them keep the Mackay, sometimes it's McKee, sometimes it's McGee, but it all really all comes from and or McCoy actually comes from the same name. But those different kindreds from Galloway, Kintyre, and Strathnaver weren't necessarily related at all. But same name, because they're all sons of different eyes. Anyway, another name for the Mackays of Strathnaver specifically is Clan Morgan. And really, I'd love to tell you about how they get there, but I don't know. And I've been looking into the Mackays a lot recently, and they may be the topic of my next episode. So stay tuned for that. And maybe I'll have an answer for you about where Morgan, or maybe some of you can just hook me up. Maybe there's some Mackays listening, and you can just include a little note as well as a source. The sources are important. Thank you. That I can go and read more on it. Um, one more. Just one more example. I know I'm just beating the heck out of this, but um, you'll see the the McClouds of the out of the of the Hebrides them and and the western seaboard up in the very north of Scotland of the mainland of Scotland the MacLeods were largely okay the two main branches of this kindred the big branches and they both branch farther and smaller ones off of these main branches but these two main branches you had the MacLeods of Harris and Dunvegan and those are the ones who were styled McLeod of McLeod, and that branch lasted longer than the McLeods of Lewis, who are the other branch. And I actually did a, an episode on that, what happened to the McLeods of Lewis, or something along those lines. Anyway, so the McLeods of Lewis were known as Shiel Torkel, and the McLeods of Harris and Dunvegan were known as Shiel Tormid. And so here we have another name in Gaelic that can mean something along the line of clan. Clan literally means sons or, ch or uh, not sons, children of. Mac means son. Uh, in, in spite of what some baby name books say, which this bothers me, and I don't know why it bothers me. Maybe some of you are just going to think, lighten up, Clint. We were trying to look for a name for our last, last child. And we're looking at these different name sources. And because it's, and look, I'm not going to go down into this a long ways, but Mac doesn't mean child of, okay? It means son of. There's a different way in Gaelic of saying daughter of. Children of, which brings me back to before I got on that tangent, children of his clan, okay? So it's. Clan Gonnell or Clan Vorgan. All right, so, but there's, because Scottish society, is, and in this case specifically Gallic society, was so drawn along kindred lines, whenever you're so into something, you usually have your language reflects a great um, variety of ways to describe it and explain it and talk about it. And so in Gallic, it's not, they don't just have clan, they have shield, they have Canal, they have Sliacht, they, they, there's, I mean, there's four words right off the top of my head that can mean something along the lines of people that are descended from, whether it's the seed of, the posterity, the children, the different ways of describing it. So we have the MacLeod clan, but then the two big branches are Sheel, Torkil, and Sheel, Tormid, all right? 
Sheol Torkel is once again the, the McLeods of Lewis. Sheol Tormod are the McLeods of Harrison Dunvegan. So those are all my examples. And so sometimes you didn't, when somebody's referring to, they didn't say the McLeods of Lewis or the McLeods of Ascent or the McLeods of Rossi. Any of those could be members of Sheol Torkel. Okay, so everybody good on that one? Good. All right, that, I think that's that's all I really wanted to cover today. And this ended up going a little bit longer than I thought it was going to. Quite a bit longer, actually. Okay, so um, thank you for joining me. Hopefully today helps you understand clans a little bit better. And it, once again, it was in response to what a lot of people were talking about. Oh my goodness. My eyes. Okay, you got to keep in mind that I'm not looking at the camera the whole time. I'm off looking at notes and I'm looking at whatever else helps me. And I just came back to the camera and my eyes are so dry and struggling. And I, I hate to even put this on the air, but I'm going to have to. Next time I'll try not to do this right before I go to bed. And maybe I stayed up too late last night and my body's just saying, hey, knucklehead, go to bed. But, um, yeah, so it just kind of surprised me when I saw how bloodshot my eyes are. They do, they feel dry. So thank you for joining me for this episode. Hopefully that helps. It was taken once again from your comments. Those of you who are getting involved in the discussion on the Scotch Clans Facebook group, and and not just one person, not just two people, but repeatedly. And then within those specific posts, hey, which clan am I? Like one of them has over 200 comments. So I know that this is something that people feel strongly about. There's my two cents worth. Um, like if you want to respond to this particular, like to me right now, probably don't go back to that same thread because I'm not going to see it. I like, look, I can't keep following it. I try to, when people first post, I try to get on there, see what they're saying, read it, get involved, comment if I need to, or somebody else will beat me to it, then, then that's fine too. But once it gets more than so many comments, like I just can't, it, I don't have that much time. But if you do have a comment or a question, something to add, something I missed, some, a, cor a correction, especially on pronunciation, go ahead and um, if you're watching this on YouTube, just, just sit in the comments here. If you're going to go back to Facebook, go in where I'm going to post this episode on the Facebook group and put it in those comments there. But do do reach out, do get involved. Whether you're just brand new and you've got more questions and you have answers or whether you've been studying this for a long time, you got to correct my awful pronunciation or you've just got something good to add that I didn't cover and that might help us understand this a little bit better. We've hit this. So let me let me use a quick analogy before I actually close this. So in the army, you can use a little analogy here. Because this won't be the last time we, we talk about this, I'm sure. This, this seems like a concept that is, um, people are so ingrained, and I, I have been too, so this is, not, this is not a strike against anybody, about their, that superficial understanding of clanship and trying to dig deeper into it to, to get an, a really true understanding of what was really going on in a clan. So... This isn't the first time we've talked about it on this podcast or this conversation, and it probably won't be the last. And here's why. Let me use my analogy. In my some of my military training. Now, look, 
I'm not trying to be a commando here. Some people, I've got more, more training experience than some people and a lot less than others, okay? But I have done some training with reconnaissance. And if you have this thing here that you're trying to get a look at, right? Yeah, you could send a predator overhead, but there's ways of masking that. Yeah, they probably got eye, uh, infrared that they can penetrate your camo netting and still see the heat signature of something there. And, but sometimes there's just no replacement for getting some human eyes looking at something and saying, yes, it's there. This is how many of them there are. This is what kind of shape it's in real-time information from a person looking at it. Even then, it's not infallible, but you have this thing, and, and in most cases, when it's reconnaissance, you don't want them to know you're there looking at it. There, there could be some exceptions to that, but... So you're not going to just, like, go walking up, coming over the hill, and just like, oh, there it is, and, like, stand there out in the open with your binoculars up so you can get a better look, and, like, waving at them and walking back. There's some stealth involved here. And so one of the things they do, you'll come in with your little team of guys, however many, like maybe a, I don't know, maybe you've got a, like a two squads that are going to do this. I don't know. I'm just using an example here. And you've, you've broken yourself down into smaller teams. And what you're going to try to do is get 360 degrees visibility on this thing you're trying to see. Okay, so you get to your release point. The teams break off. And they're going to try to get out, and they're trying to keep some terrain behind between them and the enemy. And then when they get into their positions, then they're going to come move straight in like this because the human eye doesn't pick this movement up as easily as this. And any of you who have been a hunter know what I'm talking about. And those of you listening on the podcast have no idea what I'm doing with my hands right now. So uh, lateral movement picks up the eye faster. You see it quicker then in and out straight. And sometimes you, so what we're trying to do with this topic of clanship and understand it well is we're trying to see it from different angles, right? So that's why we have different teams coming in from their different angles. And sometimes if you're coming in with your little team, but darn it, there's stuff in the way and we can't really see that well. So you'll back straight out so as not to pick up, don't, don't attract attention to yourself. You reposition and come in from a slightly different angle. That's what we're doing with the topic of clanship. We're trying to get a better understanding by viewing it from different angles. And uh, and hopefully, what, what I want to do is not just have some my own idea in my head of how it's supposed to be. I want to have, I want to understand how it really was. And if that's different, like we were talking about earlier, than how it is now, that's fine. Uh, Lowlanders didn't wear kilts when the Highlanders were historically. I have zero problem with lowland people descended from, living in the lowlands or descended from lowlanders wearing kilts. It'd be, it's nice for once to have the culture flowing the other way. The, the Highlanders have had enough outside culture encroaching on theirs at the expense of their language and other institutions. It's nice to have their stuff pushing back out. And so I, I'm all about it. So yeah, thanks for there, there's the last part was just completely uh, not planned, but thank you for joining me. That's just kind of how I do this on this. I just just start talking, and this is the way I do it. Thank you for joining me. Get involved in the discussion and share this with people that you think would benefit from or be interested in it. And until next time, Marshan Lave and Drasta. <laughs>